couple of things that I need to uh, let you know about before Robert preaches. Yes, we have a deep, deep bench at Dunwoody Baptist Church. It's like a stable full of thoroughbreds, and if I don't let them run every now and then, uh, they're going to get restless. So Robert is going to handle Hebrews chapter 4, where we are talking about rest. If you are visiting with us today, I'm glad you're here. Uh, on the front of the chair or the back of the chair that's in front of you, there is a QR code. Would love for you to flash that with your phone and let us have just a little bit of information so that we can follow up and get you whatever resources or, or ministry uh, connections that you might need. Uh, secondly, thank you. Our, our financial situation is great. Thank you for your giving. Thank you for your generosity. Uh, we don't pass plates in here. We have boxes out in the lobby, and if you want to contribute, you can just drop it discreetly in there or mail in or give online. There's lots of ways to do it, but thank you. Thank you for all that you continue to do. Now for the moment that some of you have been waiting for, an update on our challenge. The uh, theme of Hebrews is better because what gives us, what we are given in Christ is better than anything else we could try, so we decided to have a little fun with it. And at the first of the series in the 8.30 service, I gave Sarah, one of our staff members, uh, a broken down trophy from the Pensacola Church League. And I gave Derek in here a rubber pig. And the challenge for them was to trade up, to get something better by convincing somebody to trade for it. You need to know that Sarah is up to a Fender Stratocaster electric guitar, and Derek is up to a Yamaha jet ski. So, yes, a rubber pig is now a Yamaha jet ski. Don't know if it works. Uh, I'm sure the Stratocaster works. So, if you need a guitar or a jet ski, contact one of our staff members, tell them you got something to trade. We're not allowing cash transactions. They got to keep trading. Still got a few weeks to go, but uh, you just need to know they're working hard at it, and our theme is better. Robert is going to preach for us today. I'm so excited about what you're going to do as you break open the Word. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. And man, we are excited to be in this series. How fun is that? I mean, to trade up, I need a strat. My family needs another strat in our household, so I'm trying to find something that we can trade up for that. But a jet ski is not a bad thing either. So I don't know. Y'all, we need to get in on this, y'all. Like, this is incredible. But we're doing better. It's all about that. And what this series is all about is we're in the book of Hebrews. And if you have a Bible with you and you want to turn, while I'm talking, you can turn ahead to Hebrews chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. But we're in Hebrews talking about how Jesus came and he set up a better way, a better system. God had a plan, but in his plan all along was Jesus and this better way. And today in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 1 through 11, we're going to be looking at how rest is best. All right, so we're going to be taking the next step in this series to talk about God's plan for Sabbath, Sabbath rest. And so some of you guys might relate to how I have sometimes found Sabbath. Anybody found Sabbath in this way? You look in the back and you see this behind you, and all of a sudden, you have to stop. You have to rest. This has happened to me before, once, twice, 
three, actually four times in one night. I'm not kidding. Four times in one night, I got pulled over. Judy, you'll like this. Mississippi, state troopers on the way home from the Mississippi Gulf Coast to New Orleans, and four state troopers. This is what happened. I'm driving along. We had dinner with a friend. We go. It's about 9, 30, 10 o'clock, and I'm driving, and all of a sudden, I get that behind me, the red and blue lights. And so I'm driving. I'm like, okay, I'll pull over. I don't think that I'm going too fast, but all right. So I pull over and roll down the window. License, registration, all of that. Do you know why I pulled you up? No, officer, I don't know. Well, you got a tail light out. Whew, good. I wasn't speeding, nothing bad. Okay, we can handle that. Well, were you aware? No, I did not know. Being honest, didn't know. Okay, I'll just give you a warning this time. Go on your way. All right, great. So I drive along and I'm like, okay, we're good. Five minutes later, I get pulled over again. Roll down the window. Do you know what? Yes, officer, I have a taillight. Well, then you knew. You should have got. No, I literally just found out five minutes ago from the other cop that just told me. So he's like, okay, you're good. About 10 more minutes down the road, and I'm not kidding, same thing happens again. Same routine. This time I'm like, officer, please, if, if there's any way you can like radio ahead and like let them know, like there's a guy without a taillight. So, so I'm driving along thinking, okay, and we go about 10, maybe 15 minutes, and I'm like, okay, I'm like five miles from the Louisiana state line, so I'm almost in the clear because they're not going to mess with me. I'll be fine. So I get almost there, and I pass a cop. And, y'all, I'm like driving. I'm like nervous. I'm like, what's going to happen here? So I'm just kind of watching. And finally, about two minutes in, he lights me up again. He lights me up, and I'm going, come on. So he pulls me over, roll down the window. Officer, I know tail. Excuse me, son. You were swerving all over the road. Oh, no. So now it's a whole new thing. Apparently, when he was behind me and I'm watching him on my six, I was all over the road. So I got to get out. Now, my memory is I had to take a field sobriety test. Juliet doesn't remember. I know the cops here told me they said, yeah, we'd have to do that. I don't know, but maybe it was that other time I had to take a field sobriety test. I don't know. <laughs> it was drowsy driving, I promise. I was drowsy. It really was. But God did that. Let me tell you this. The next day, what do you think that I did? What did I do the next day? I fixed that taillight. You better believe it. Now, God knows for me, like one time was not going to be enough. I needed four times to get it through this thick noggin. Um, fix your taillight, please. Fix your taillight. But God literally did that to me to make me do it. How many times in your life has God done something that's just pulled you over and made you just stop for a minute? Now, sometimes it happens like that. Sometimes it happens like this. Have you ever had that moment before? We were driving this summer on my sabbatical. We were driving in the Blue Ridge Mountains, and that scene was in front of us, and we just had to pull over and just watch that sunset. I got like 50 pictures, but y'all, in the middle of doing that, I literally was, I was saying these, my dad has always said this, thank you, Lord, for eyes to see thy beauty. And I know it sounds like King James English and all that, it doesn't matter, because it's just, God, you made this beautiful just for me. Like, just take that in for a second. And you know what God was doing? He was saying, stop. Just stop for a second and just, just be with me, just for a minute. And that's what happened. I literally just pulled over, and with my family, we just, we just stopped. And we were just with him. So as I told you, we're going to be talking today about rest, and that God's plan is that rest is best. So what I want you to do is turn in your Bibles if you have it. The words will be up on the screen if you don't. To Hebrews chapter 4. And I'm going to read this whole passage because I want you to get the whole thing in context. So let's read along starting with chapter 4 verse 1. 
Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have had the gospel preached to us just as they did. But the message they heard was of no value to them because those who heard it didn't combine it with faith. Don't miss that. They combined the message with faith. Now we who have believed enter that rest. You can underline those three words. Enter that rest. Just as God has said, so I declared my oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. Talking about the old covenant and the people of Israel is what he's talking about there. And yet his work has been finished since the creation of the world. For somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in these words. And on the seventh day God rested from all his work. And again in the passage above he says, they shall never enter my rest. He repeats that again. So it still remains that some will enter that rest. And then those who formerly had the gospel preached to them and did not go in because of their disobedience did not enter that rest. So therefore, God again set a certain day, calling it today. There's another one. If you're underlining, that's a good one to underline. Today, when a long time later, he spoke through David, as was said before, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, This is what God's plan. If Joshua had given him rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. So there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. There remains then, listen to this, a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from his own work just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest. Rest, so that no one will fall by following their example of disobedience. And I like the way the Methodist and Presbyterian friends of ours say it. At the end of a reading like that, we would just say, thanks be to God. I would say the word of the Lord, and you would say, thanks be to God. And I love that. I think we need to give God thanks for his word, so let's pray. God, we just praise you for your word that opens our eyes, God. And Lord, I just pray right now, you would just hit pause for all of us, God. Just hit pause and help us to hear from you, God, that you are calling us. You are drawing us in. God, I just pray that you will speak through your word now. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, what we see here is that God's given us a picture of rest that looks different than what was before. So this whole thing about better is that there was this system that God created for the people of Israel There was the law, and they followed after the law. They sacrificed animals. But when Jesus came along, he fulfilled the law, and he made a better way. And so the big idea that I want you to remember here today is that you cannot know God until you begin to understand Sabbath. No, wait, we're talking about knowing God. What's going on with that? You just kind of shifted gears. No, here's the thing. It's actually all in the same vein. This is about knowing God through this rest. It's actually that our Sabbath rest is meant to help us know God. And so that's how we understand Sabbath. And so I want to ask you a question today. Has God revealed himself to you? Just ask yourself that question. Has God revealed himself to me? Just take a second. Just ask that. Now, I'm not necessarily talking about a burning bush like Moses saw or maybe tongues of fire, chariots of fire, things like that. Not necessarily that, but, but God works in some big, big ways too. And he reveals himself to us. So has he revealed himself to you? I want that to sort of just be an overarching question as we, as we consider this text today. 
And I want you to think about what Jesus said about rest and, and that this is actually written into his purpose and his plan here. He said this, take my yoke upon me and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Isn't that interesting that he puts it that way? That he says you're going to find rest. Jesus could have gone a lot of ways with that. Take my yoke and it's going to be a better, easier path for you. But no, he said you will find rest for your souls. Jesus actually came to bring us rest. And so the first thing that we need to do is to rest in his promises. Rest in his promises. Take a look at the first verse again. Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, that promise still stands. Sounds like a song we sing, right? You remember that? His promise still stands. Great is his faithfulness. Your promise still stands. So let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. God has given us many, many promises. But this promise of rest is a big one. But I want you to hear just a few of these promises that we have in the Word of God. In 1 John 5, 14 and 15, this is the confidence that we have in approaching God. Listen to this. If you ask anything according to his will, he hears us. What a promise. Jeremiah 29, 11. A lot of you can quote this with me. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. You're going to hear a lot of that future. It's all going forward. That's his promises. Isaiah 26.3, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. He has promises over and over again in his word. He says over and over again, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. He says, I will go before you. Be strong and courageous. I go before and behind you. I'm close to those who are brokenhearted. These are the promises of God that we can rest in, and his promise still stands. Now, if you just think that that was something, well, Jesus came along, and Jesus changed it all, and so this is all kind of new stuff, it's not. This is actually how God created everything from the beginning. Take a look at verse 4. For somewhere he's spoken about the seventh day in these words. And on the seventh day, God rested from all his work. Now, he says somewhere we know. It's Genesis chapter 2. He sa it says that on the seventh day, God rested. So God works for six days, right? And then on the seventh day, he rests. Do you remember what did God create on the sixth day? Anybody remember? What was it? He created man and woman. It says, God created man in his own image, male and female, he created them. God created on the sixth day man, and then man worked for six days, right, and then rested the next day, right? That's how, no, no. God created man on the sixth day, and guess what he did? He rested the next day. So what did man do? Adam and Eve, they rested. They were born one day, they were created, and then they were literally created into rest, the whole thing with the law, that came later. You remember what it was like under, with Adam and Eve? It says they walked in the garden with God. They just knew God. Like he walked with them. They were just in his presence all the time. That is what God created us for. Each and every one of us is to walk with him, to be in his presence continually. It was when Adam ate that fruit and he sinned and he fell that God had to create a whole different system. And then he said, you got to work now. So you're going to work for six days and then you get to rest. But that was the old system. He created a better way, a better way, a better way that says this. Christianity begins 
Not with a big do, but with a big done. Just a big done. It is accomplished. Jesus did it. We sang about it all morning, that he died on a cross for us. He was the sacrifice. All those lambs for all those years and birds and all the things, he came and just did it. He fulfilled it. And in Jesus, that fulfillment happened and it's done. So the work is done. The six days of labor, all that stuff is done. It's finished. So rest in that. Trust in that's his promise. He has accomplished that for you. But not only does he have a promise for you, but you can rest in his plans for you. We already read that, that he has a plan for us, a plan for a hope and a future, right? So we can rest in that. Listen to what it says in this passage about those plans. Therefore, God, again, set a certain day, calling it today, when a long time later he spoke through David. As it was said before, now a long time later, that's because he was just talking about creation, right? So a long time after creation, he spoke through David as it was said before. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. What are we getting at there? This today, the word there has some immediacy to it. Um, there's, when we look at scripture, a lot of times there's, there's eras and there's this time period, and certainly part of it is this era of today, everything after Jesus, but there is this immediacy to it. Right now, think now. In your Bible, if you're making notes, right now. I put that in my Bible just because there's an immediacy to this today. If you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Listen, he's hitting pause for a second. Today, stop, rest, and hear his voice. Now, a bunch of us have been going through a study called Experiencing God. I know a bunch of you here, if I don't want to, you don't have to raise hands because I know a bunch of us would put hands up. And many of us are in week three. A lot of y'all finished week three this week, I think. Some are a little ahead, some are a little behind. I did week three this week, and so I found some really good stuff. What's amazing, and Pastor Alan and I were talking about this, how as he's been preaching, same things happen, that this study that we're doing is just so lining up with what God's saying to us through his word in this passage of Hebrews. And today is no exception. In fact, this week, it was incredible. It talked about the love of God and how God created us to love him. And he says this, the writers of this book, they said, people who struggle to spend time with God don't have a scheduling problem. They have a love problem. Ooh, that, that was a little close. Like, really? That's a little personal, right? Like, we don't talk like that. You got a love problem, you know? But you know what? Uh, if I'm being honest with myself, okay, tell me a little more. He says this, you have a quiet time because you know him and therefore you love him, not just because you want to learn more about him. Man, that was some practical application. I just needed that in my life this week because so many times, I, I go through, a, through the Bible in the year plan with some friends, and it's great. If you don't do that, by the way, I would encourage you to do it. Just start one now. Uh, get some friends with you, because I'm telling you, the accountability is huge. Just having somebody that can see that you checked it off. But here's the deal. If you're just checking it off, oh, I read that today. What is that? I mean, really, that's, that's not anything. God wants you to know him and to love him. Don't just schedule the time with, okay, I got my time, I read my Bible, and, and we're good. He wants you to do that so you can go deeper with him in your love relationship with him. He wants to hit pause. He wants you to see that sunset. He wants you to see a bird fly up to the window and make you just stop and just stare at it for a second. Peck on the window and maybe go, hey, I'm just, I'm just trying to get your attention. Stop for a second. 
And just listen to him. Thank you, God. That you created that just for me to, to hear that call right now. And just listen to that. Feel his love over you when that happens. Like God literally created that bird, and it came to your window just to sing for you right now. And just go, God, thank you so much for taking a second just to hit pause in my life and just to help me to remember to just show love to you. That's the kind of rest that we're talking about here. And as we get a little bit deeper into you, I want to see one more thing, and that is that we rest in his presence. Rest in his presence. Look at what verse 9 says. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest. Now, I want to go back to this Sabbath rest. This word here, we actually get our word pause from the Greek word that we see here in Sabbath rest. This Sabbath rest that we're talking about is not the Sabbath that was six days and then you stop and you quit rest, you, you take a rest because you've been working for six days. That's the old way. The new way that he created is Monday, Wednesday, Sunday, Tuesday, whatever day, it is every day. It's not like, okay, I've got to put aside. And y'all, I got to tell you, this got me because I, I mean, I do it. I do it all the time. Like, I don't cut my grass on Sunday. Now, my neighbor kind of did that to me one time. She's, she said, you know, you're a pastor. You shouldn't be, uh, you know, cutting your grass on Sunday, right? You should be resting. Okay. So I feel guilty every time I cut my grass. So I don't do that on Sunday. But, but it's not about that. That's the law. That's the rules. That's what Jesus came and said, no, I've fulfilled all that stuff. Quit. Just stop. So you know what? Sometimes, and actually, I think I'm going to cut my grass on Sundays now because I actually listen to books. And a lot, I do. I listen to books. And when I'm doing it, I'm like, it's, it's just a time with God cutting the grass. I'm sorry. I won't do that because my neighbor will be mad. So I'm sorry. If she hears this, I'm sorry. I won't do that. But, but really, but it's not about the law. It's about being in his presence. It's about this Sabbath rest, this pause, this every moment of every day God can do something like he did for me about two months ago. In this, literally in this room. Okay, how many of y'all had Tonka trucks as a kid? Anybody in here had a Tonka? They were like these big old metal things. One time I hit my brother over the head with a Tonka truck. I still remember, I was too little. I don't even remember my parents talk about it all the time. Well, I think I got a little retribution on this one because I was driving a big Tonka truck. It's one of these fun things. I, we have a lift that we bring in here. We put those, those, uh, the stuff up here for Christmas. You remember all those paper chains? We had to get all that stuff down. We were doing all that work. And on the way out, I smashed my finger, literally between the truck and the door jam. Y'all, there's blood on the concrete out there. Like, literally, it was bad. I mean, for a second there, I thought, like, I won't be playing chords with this hand any. Like, it was bad. Go to the hospital. We have an amazing staff here. Took total care of me. They were awesome. Ashley took me to the hospital. David Harris showed up. David Harris and I are sitting in this waiting room at the hospital. And I look up, and the numbers 44 are up there. And I'm like, huh, 44, that's kind of interesting. Like, I was born on 11-4, so fours are like my number. I don't know if you all have that, but like when 444 comes along for me, like every day, like if I see it, it's like a thing, you know? And like now it's a thing because I'm going, okay, God's telling me I need to rest. But I was like, what is it about fours anyway? So I just kind of do a little research on it. You know what the fourth commandment is? Honor the Sabbath and keep it holy. And that, if it was for nothing else, I'm not talking numerology here. I'm not saying you need to get into all the numbers and all that stuff. All I'm saying is for me, in that moment, God was saying, hey, Robert, you need to hit pause. You need to stop and just take some time with me. So 
amazingly, y'all, this is the finger, like not a bone, not a break, not a nerve, nothing. Like God healed it completely, just a miracle, complete miracle. The purpose of it, I believe, was God was saying, Robert, you need to stop all this stuff. Like, I mean, I was running around like a madman, getting us all ready for Christmas, and I needed to just stop and be with him. And so you know what I did the next day? Kind of like I fixed the light. The next day, I actually took the morning off. I just took some time, and I went, okay, God, I, I hear you. And I just spent a little extra time with him. And he, he started kind of preparing me for a lot of this stuff in that time and helping me understand a little bit more about his rest. And I think for all of us, when you think back, there's, there's times when, doesn't God do that, where he just goes, pause. Just stop. And sometimes it happens through an accident. Sometimes it happens through a baby crying, and you got to just stop whatever it is that you're doing. you got to go in a room and quiet the baby, and then it's just still. And maybe it's in that still moment. Whatever it is, God is giving us moments just to hit pause. And so he goes on, he says, therefore, make every effort to enter that rest. The doing that you're supposed to be doing is working to enter the rest, which it kind of seems strange, like oh, we're working, but really just do what you can do to enter that rest. And do you remember what Jesus said about work? If we have to get into this Sabbath and, oh, I don't know about, you know, like that was the law, but I think we still should. Like, hey, you're here on Sunday. We need to do this. This is the practice of the church. We need to come together and practice fellowship. You know what today is, by the way? Today for the Christian calendar, it's not Sabbath day. You know what today is? It's resurrection day. That's why the church celebrates on Sunday. We celebrate on Sunday because it's the day Jesus rose from the grave. That's why we get together for, for resurrection. This is a resurrection celebration. That's why every week we sing about, talk about Jesus is alive because that's what we're celebrating on Sunday. What Jesus said, Sabbath isn't about keeping rules. Jesus said, you need, to, he went through the fields. Do you remember this story? He went through the field of grains and he picked up grain and he ate it on the Sabbath. And the Pharisees were like, you can't do that. Why would you do that? And Jesus said, man wasn't made for the Sabbath. Sabbath was a thing I made for mankind. I, I put that in place. That's what God did. So don't make it about all of these rules. We want to make it about rules. What we need to look at with Sabbath is that God has a very specific purpose for it, something we can learn from it. When we observe Sabbath, Here's just three takeaways for this. We proclaim, one, Jesus Christ defeated every spiritual force of evil at the cross. We proclaim it's done. That's what we're saying. When we say, I'm taking this time just to be with God right now, not just this Sunday, but throughout our day, we are saying Jesus did it already. The next thing that we're saying is we affirm that human beings have infinite value and worth apart from their human productivity. You are not what you do. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're not what you do. Come on, say it. You are not what you do. All right? Hey, how many of us, we identify ourselves by our occupation and what we do. You are not what you do. Jesus already did everything, so just rest in that and rest in the fact that you are a human being. Thank you. Somebody told me, reminded me of this today after the first service. We are not human doings. We are human beings. Just be with him and rest in him. And finally, we say that God's love is the most important reality 
in the universe. Now, I got this from Peter Scazzaro's Emotionally Healthy Leader. Some of y'all might be familiar with Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Great book, great series. This is, so this is not my words here, but I want you to know this. This point about God's love being the most important reality in the universe, we actually talked about that also this week in chapter 3, if you were doing the Bible study, a whole day about the love of God. But God loves you so much that he just wants to be with you. That's all he wants. He doesn't want you doing all of this stuff. He doesn't care about all. I mean, it's good, all of the great things we do for him. It's all good. But what he really wants is for you just to go, hey, it's Monday afternoon. Pause just for a minute. Hey, God, I just thank you. Thank you for just being here right now. And I I just know you're present with me right now, and I just feel your love. Thank you for that. When you're driving, for me, a lot of days, it's my drive to and from work. And it's talking to him about just what's going on, and maybe it is bringing some burdens. But it's not always just bringing the list, too. Like, our prayer life needs to be that. Just pause and talk to him. Pause and feel his love. Pause and look at a sunset for just a few minutes and go, God, you created this for me. Pause and take in the time with your kids and just running around like crazy kids and just enjoy the moment that God created your family for this moment and just thank him for that. So I want to bring us back to this big idea that you cannot know God until you begin to understand Sabbath. Do you understand a little more now? It's not about doing this, okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, rest. One, two, three, four, five, six, rest. It's about, hey, I'm going through my day and, oh, pause, just a second. Just recognize God is here. So God kind of paused me yesterday and said, hey, you're doing this series better I can do a little better on your big idea. So I know it's printed in the bulletin, but actually I got a, I got a better big idea. So it looks like this. God wants to know you more. So rest in him. God wants to know you more. Hear that. So rest in him. Just take a deep breath. He's already done it all. Just rest in him. And I love how the psalmist came to this place. The psalmist said, one thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I will dwell in the house of the Lord all of the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Now, it could be he's talking, he is in one sense talking about being in the temple, but really He's saying, all the days of my life, I'm meant to be in his presence. Y'all, there's a sense of this, and there's an entire other sermon about the fact that this is heaven. One day, this Sabbath rest is what we're going to experience one day in heaven. We will be fully at rest with him. He just gives us a taste of it right here on earth. But he does give us a taste. We have miracles here on earth. We have the opportunity for his presence, for him to speak into us and to gaze on the Lord in his temple, literally here. When we worship, you'll hear me talk about that sometimes. Throne room worship. That's something that since my sabbatical this summer, God just transformed that for me. We should be trying to get into his presence, literally put yourself in that place of the throne room. I think that's what David was doing in this psalm. I think that's where David was. 
And so finally, I want to hear these words from St. Augustine. He said this, You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it rests in you. He made us for himself, and our heart is restless till it rests in him. The band's going to come up here, and as the band comes up, I want to speak to all of us here, first of all, for everybody who's here. If you may be a believer, and you would say, you know, I, I kind of, I need to be better about that pause button with God and just taking some time to rest in him. You might be here today, maybe you're watching online today, and you would say, I've never heard about Jesus like this. Like, I didn't understand Jesus had this old way and a new way. But I feel this restlessness that, that we see, this quote that you see right here, our heart is restless till it rests in you. I'm feeling restless. If you're feeling that way today, or if you're just as a believer saying, you know, my heart needs to rest more in him, I want to invite everybody to close your eyes Just take a deep breath and just breathe in his presence. And if you would say today, look, I've never heard this before. Listen, just pray this prayer with me. God, all this is new to me, but this restlessness that I'm hearing about is in my spirit, in my heart. I, I don't know how to explain it. I don't know what it is, but I know that I have unrest in my spirit. And I've not understood Jesus in this way before, but if Jesus did it all for me, then I believe it. I believe that, that he gave everything for me and he, he died for that and he conquered it, that, that he made a new way. I don't have to understand it all right now, but I just put my trust in it. So I just trust that and I wanna walk in his way. And if you are here today and, and you heard that and you said that prayer, God has a rest for you that is eternal. And he's calling all of us today to get into his love relationship deeper. And y'all, I didn't end that prayer with an amen because it's not meant to be an amen. I want us to go out of here today continually walking with him, resting in him. We're gonna sing a song right now, and as we do that, I want us just to sing into his presence. We're gonna sing about heaven and the eternal rest that we're all gonna have with him one day. So let's all stand up together, and let's just praise him. I'm gonna be in the lobby with our pastor and some other pastors. If anybody wants to come talk with us, uh, if you have a decision, you prayed that prayer, just come with us and uh, come talk to us.